Well, here we are, another week of hunkering down, cocooning in our homes, and keeping everybody safe from this virus. Have you gone stir-crazy yet? You know, I was thinking the other day, this kind of feels like a family vacation that goes nowhere. Remember the family vacation thing? Uh, You know, family car out in the driveway, everybody trying to jam their bags in the trunk, piling some of it up on the roof, you know, kids hunting last minute for their electronics, dad checking tires and oil, and, and mom making sure everybody's what? Use the bathroom. And, you know, the pre-trip excitement level's really high. Eh? We're going to be free of work, free of chores, and free of the same old, same old. We're going on vacation. Sounds fun for the first few hours. But you toss a few kids in the back seat, aim your minivan at a destination 500 miles down the road, and, well, life changes. <laughs> you know what happens a half day into a trip? Mom's out of snacks, the kids are wearing their pudding pops on their shirts, and your little one's mesmerized by tossing Cheetos out the window at 70 miles an hour. Any kids watching here today? Hey, kids, have you ever annoyed your parents? You know, just did something to get their attention? Growing up, my brother and I, we never made it more than 50 miles on a trip without annoying each other. And after a few miles of annoying each other, pretty soon, we'd be fighting. Any moms here? Uh, Moms are kind of like the peace patrol. I mean, you two, you get along. This is your side of the back seat. That's your side. You stay on your side. Oh, kids, does that work? Well, it didn't work in my family. Mom, Ricky took his shoes off and put his stinky foot on my side. Dad, Ray won't stop making faces at me. And you know what happened when things got out of hand? Dad jumps in and starts announcing DEFCON levels. Remember what your dad would say on trips like that? Mine would be like, don't you make me stop this car. I will pull this car over. Now, dads, every kid knows There is no way you will pull that car over. Dads do not stop. Dads keep that car running till they get to the goal. And the trip barely stops then. They're kind of like pit stops at the Indy 500. Okay, everybody out. Look over there. See it? That's the Niagara Falls. Okay, you've seen it. Back in. We got Miami Beach to do by nightfall. Nope. (laughs) Dads are not stopping for nothing. So when peace talks break down, dads bring out the hand. Kids, you know the hand, right? That huge dad hand would come over and grab your leg, and you knew if he got a hold of your leg, you're toast. That's kind of why I'd sit behind my dad, so he couldn't make the turn. You know, this pandemic is not much different. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate the coziness of this increased family intimacy. And isn't it amazing how quickly a good thing, like a vacation or a few days at home for safety, can break down and become a massive family disruption, even a battle zone. Today, we're going to learn from a massive family disruption led by a guy named Moses. It was an emergency trip from Egypt to the promised land. It's in Exodus chapter 15, if you got a Bible handy. In today's story, the thrill and the excitement of escaping the boring, same old, same old, was soon erased by the discomforts of travel. In just a few days of being disrupted from their normal lives, Israelites move from gratitude to grumbling. From gratitude to grumbling. That might be the title of your situation right now. Any grumbling at your place? Hey, give me a grumble grumble in the feed right now. Don't name names. (laughs) Just admit this pandemic prison we're in. It's got a few moments, right, that you'd never want shown on a reality TV show. 
hey, there's an idea. Sell your family's pandemic experience to the producers of the TV show Survivor. You know, every day of the pandemic, you kick somebody out the living room, vote them off the couch. You know, I, I wonder who would be left in your living room when this thing is over? Point at the person in your house who'd be the last one left. No, 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 no. Probably not the right approach. Point out the person who'd get voted out first, right? <laughs> but you get my drift. This thing isn't easy. It's grumble, grumble. And it definitely wasn't easy for Moses's massive tribe. He had two million people crowded around him. And their disruption, it had a great start. Exodus 15, 19, when Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. It's a great start. That's kind of like finishing the biggest roller coaster at an amusement park. I mean, you left the normalcy of everyday life. You were super nervous, white knuckle scared. But once the ride is over, you're dancing. You're giving high fives. You're looking for your pictures, right? And you're singing, we are the champions, right? The Israelites, they've walked through a miracle. They've walked through the sea. While their enemies, the Egyptians, they're kind of doing the dead man's float. Sounds like a great experience, right? Well, kids, parents, people, that was just a start. After about a week, they hit a few bumps. Verse 22, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Now, what do you think happened when Moses ran out of juice boxes? Verse 23, When they came to Marah, They could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people, they grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? I mean, they've gone from we are the champions to like LL Cool J's mama said, knock you out, right? The kids are fighting. The mamas are not happy. And the dad's barking about, you know, pulling the minivan over. These Israelites were grumbling on their family vacation, or I guess you should say their nation vacation. And like our coronavirus thing, They kind of got a legit complaint. I mean, this is not petty. I mean, like somebody forgetting to put the coffee out at church. I mean, this is two million thirsty people. They see water. They can taste water. But the water's no good. I told my wife, Lisa, for the first time in our lives, we have the weekends off. We can go anywhere. (laughs) Unfortunately, we can't go anywhere. I can see the weekend. I can taste the weekend. But the weekend, not so good. (laughs) It's easy, you know, to see the downside of this C-19 thing, isn't it? So Moses, he gets fed up and he prays. And I love his prayer. It says he cried out to God. How about you? You crying out? You crying? Put that, put that's me in the feet. If if that's you, you're crying out right now. You're just like hurting as some business owners are. You know, some of you, they've been laid off. I mean, you're ready just to cry out. Verse 25 says, Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood and he threw the wood in the water and the water became sweet. The people complain, catch this, Moses cries out to God, and God provides. And God does even more than provide. Verse 26, God said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and you do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands, and you keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you the diseases I brought unto the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord who heals you. In the midst of their trouble, God reminds you, God reminds them, I got you. I'll take care of you. They're getting big gulps of sweet water, not made by Evian or Crystal Geyser, but God himself. These people, they go from, we are the champions, to mama said, knock you out, to now, sugar, sugar, 
dum 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 honey, honey. You know, verse 27 says, they find an oasis. Do you see the cycle here? From life is good to life is lame to life is good again. This is really a running theme for Moses' people. It's a running theme for us. 2008, terrible economy. Last decade, pretty good. Right now, it's back to my, 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 my corona, you know. Uh, good, bad, good, bad. Hey, look at Exodus 16 too. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if we only had died, you know, by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There in Egypt, we sat around pots of meat. We ate all the food we wanted. But you, you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Well, first they're thirsty. Now they're hungry. Sound like your house? Grumble, grumble. And now they're blaming the parents. They're blaming the leaders. I mean, we should have just died in Egypt. You know the reality in Egypt? They were slaves. God set them free. Moses is leading them to freedom. But it isn't easy. I mean, they had a routine in their slavery. They had a way of living. They had a rhythm. And you know how it is. You know, you mess with my rhythm, you mess with me. And C-19's done that to all of us. The disruption of our routine, it amplifies everything. And it causes many of us to exaggerate reality, to amp up our complaints to new heights. Have you ever noticed this with grumblers? They just don't tell you what's wrong. They exaggerate it. Mom, 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 I'm so bored. There, there's nothing to do. Nothing? <laughs> oh, stupid social distancing. It's killing me. Really? You're like dead now? I mean, the, the people of Israel, they're exaggerating their misery. They're attacking their leaders. So what does God do? Verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. <laughs> Don't you just love how God provides? Rain down bread? I mean, little white flakes from heaven. The, the people call this stuff manna. Manna is Hebrew for, what is it? <laughs> this ain't snow. <laughs> so uh, manna, uh, what is it? It's flour from heaven. God gives them really simple instructions. He says, verse 4, go out each day, gather enough bread for each day. And in this way, God says, I'm going to test them and see whether they're going to follow my instructions. But you know, the people, they act like toilet paper just hit the shelves. They go nuts. And this whole good, bad, good, bad cycle, it plays out once again. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded, and they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Want to take another guess at how they responded to another water crisis? Yep, let's get ready to grumble, right? Verse 3 and 4, the, the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Now, I, I want you to think about all the oddly named spots in this story. Mara, Elam, Desert of Sin, Rephidim. These are not just geographic places on a map. They're life spots. They're places of circumstance for each one of us. This pandemic, it's not just time on our calendar. C-19, COVID-19 is a life spot. You see, it's interesting that the Bible records the names of all the deserts the Israelites wandered in. I wonder today, what's the name of your desert? My, my guess, it's not called coronavirus or C-19. The most difficult places we travel through are, are not the pandemics like this one, but rather the reactions 
to pandemics like this one. Maybe the real desert you find yourself in right now is called blame or fear or anxiety or dread. Maybe it's called three kids under five and no sleep for mama. (laughs) Maybe it's named after a difficult relationship that has you facing that person now 24-7 for like a week and who knows how much longer to go. (laughs) This pandemic is a problem, but my guess is it's not your problem. Your problem probably has a different name. So why do we have these problems? Well, I'm going to take a stab at that. My observation is this, that God never allows you and I to linger too long in comfort. You know, the year before we started the point, I went snowboarding 15 times. I was golfing even more. It was a great oasis of comfort. Oh, but it didn't last. Great strides forward in your life and my life, they come more from pain than pleasure. Some of you know what I mean. Life's rough right now. It's not fun. It's a hard truth, friends, and there, there are really no answers here. But the truth, really, for you and me, is that a huge segment of our lives are lived in the desert. And here's the tough part to say to you in the midst of this pandemic. Here's the truth. Sometimes that's right where God wants you. Today, I want to encourage you to ditch this worldwide pity party, this national grumble grumble, because you and I, our nation, our world, is perhaps exactly where God wants us to be. Let me just illustrate that, and then I'll give you some thoughts on how to navigate it. How many of you got a dog in, in near you right now? Any dogs in your house? Put, put your dog's name in the feed. Come on, put it in. Put it in, or I'm going to start calling your dog. <laughs> Come here, Max. Hey, want a treat, Coco? <laughs> treat, Fluffy. Come on, jump up on the couch, Daisy. Come on, come on, come on. You know, our family dog, Blaze, Blaze gets more hugs per hour than anybody I know. But the other day, Blaze, he rolled into something. I mean, it probably smelled like Chanel number five to dogs, but to me, to my family, well, her hug index hit rock bottom. So, so Blaze got a bath. Now, I don't know about your dog, but our dog does not like baths. Blaze endures a bath. Blaze whimpers and shivers, and I mean, he's obviously miserable, but me, you know, I can see the bigger picture. I can see what Blaze can't. All Blaze sees is the hose. I see the hugs. I know as soon as Blaze makes it through this, he's going to hit some new hug highs. Everybody wants to hug a nice smelling dog, but Blaze doesn't know that when he's in the bath. Friends, God has a totally different view of this pandemic and the problems it's creating for us. We deal with the daily grit of being cooped up, but God has another view. And today I want to help you see that. You and I, I believe we can triumph through this pandemic desert. We can move beyond the grumble grumble in our homes. We can get through it by understanding three big picture viewpoints, three viewpoints that God sees when we wander through the pandemic deserts like this one. I'll share two viewpoints today, give you the third in a special broadcast for leaders this Tuesday. The first of God's viewpoints is this, pandemic deserts, like the one that we're in right now, they're designed not to frustrate and destroy us, but to shape our character. Listen, whatever you're facing right now, God is using it to shape you. Character is not shaped and tested in the oasis of life. Character is tested in the pandemics. Whether the desert is a consequence of your decisions or somebody else's decisions or something in nature like, like this right now, the source matters not as much as what we do with it. That's what matters. It's a test of character. 
And this is the design of God, Exodus 15, 25. The Lord made a decree and a law from them, and there he tested them. Exodus 16, 4. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day, and that way I will test them. The situation you're in right now, it's a test. So how will you do? How will I do? Will we complain? Or will we rise up and triumph? Listen, God has placed you in this moment of history. You're here for a reason. You were placed in this pandemic era. And while the pandemic and all the effects of it is going to cause significant misery and trouble for us, this is our moment. We cannot be grumblers. We must rise up. Months from now, in a, in a post-pandemic world, we're going to see extraordinary steps forward. We're going to see great innovation. We're going to enjoy the fruits of people who pioneered through the pandemic rather than those who just sat on their hands and complained. So I call on you, church. Be the pioneers. Be the inventors. Write that song. Pen that book. Plan that business. Launch that product. Start that family. Let this trouble shape your character into legacy for your children and your children's children. Let it shape you into the person that sets the tone for your family, for your friends, for your community. Remember Romans 8, 28. Know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, this experience right now may change everything in a positive sense for you. This may be the very moment for your future success when you understand the desert's designed to shape your character. You can rise up and triumph through it. So rise up. In fact, put rise up in the feed right now. Just go ahead and type it in. Rise up. Rise up. Hey, let me give you the next principle. Here's number two. These pandemic desert times of life are designed to deepen our daily dependence on God. That's really the biggest insight of all. God visits us in the desert, in the pandemic. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Do you see what's happening here? The manna from heaven, the bread from the sky, was God's way of teaching daily dependence on him. Habitual dependence. I mean, you couldn't just go out and get a week's worth of manna. You had to get it every day. There's another lesson in this test. It's the vivid reminder that there are some things we cannot store up for tomorrow. Yesterday's manna can't be used as food for today. It can't be hoarded. It's there in the morning. We can use it till evening, but tomorrow we've got to gather it again. There is no laying in of a supply and then sleeping late the rest of the week. Some things are day-to-day affairs. A relationship with God is definitely that. It's a daily dependence. You know, your faith, it's kind of like housework. You never get caught up. You wash the dishes for today. You take out the trash for today. You make your bed for today. And tomorrow you do it again. This is really the way God wants it. Daily. Every day. Depending on him. Let me wrap up with this observation. Most of us, we didn't come to Christ because life got so good we just wanted to add some God to all our riches. No, most of us, we trace our salvation experience back to a time where we were drowning. That's kind of why we call it getting saved, you know, because nobody gets rescued on a five-star cruise. We get rescued when we're walking through the pandemics of life, unsure if we'll ever get out of the mess we're in. Friends, 3,500 years ago, God dropped manna in the desert of sin, 
It came from heaven. It was a free gift from God. It was white in color. It was pure. It had to be gathered by each person, and nobody could gather somebody else's manna. Today, you might wonder where your manna is, right? What happened to God's provision for you? Friends, you got manna too. And your manna is an upgrade. Jesus Christ was sent by God, dropped onto the planet, right into the desert of our sin, right? He came from heaven. He's a free gift from God. He's pure, white as snow. But just like the manna in the desert, he's got to be gathered by each person. You have to decide for yourself what to do with Jesus. As you walk this pandemic desert today, my question for you is this. Will you pick Jesus up? This pandemic is designed to help you see your need for Jesus. Would you gather him up today? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for the lessons of life that you teach us. Sometimes we dial back and we look at something that happened 3,500 years ago. And we learn from that. And sometimes, God, we learn from something that's happening directly right now to us. And God, I pray that you would use this pandemic to help us see our daily dependence on you, to draw us close to you. And friends, if you're here and you're watching and you've never depended on God like this, why don't you pray a prayer just like this one? Say to God, forgive me for just trying to do life on my own. Forgive me for just depending on me, me, me. Today, God, I depend on you. I accept the manna upgrade of Jesus Christ, who you sent to me in my desert right now. Forgive me for my sin. Change my life. Lead me. Guide me. Love me. Would you pray there right now? Say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to start depending on you. Forgive me. I want to follow you. Friends, I thank God for every person right now who who prayed that, literally all over the world. Because something brand new has happened in your heart. Every time a person prays that prayer, something supernatural occurs. And you know it if you've prayed it and you've received it. And so I'm so thankful, God, that that you do that for us, that you transform lives. And God, right now, I don't want to just pray for those who've begun a relationship with you right now. I also want to pray for those of us that have spent the last couple of days grumbling. God, would you move us from grumbling back to gratitude? Would you move us to see your provision in this pandemic? And would you help us in our homes in the crazy workplaces where, where doctors and nurses are, are, are trying to do everything they can to help people. God, would you guide our nation's leaders? And would you guide us that we might be people that express gratitude rather than grumbling? For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, it's been so good uh, being with you. I sure miss you and and wish that I could stay connected to you. Uh, But hopefully uh, through this uh, new way of having online church, there is some connection that's happening there. I certainly hope so. And you know, I hope today's message has been encouraging and practical for you.
You know, I do have one more insight to share with you from the message. It's an insight especially for leaders. Whether you lead a home or a business or a ministry, there's a very specific insight in the passage we looked at for you. And if you're interested in going into a deeper dive onto this leadership topic, come right back here to this site on Tuesday, and we'll take 10 minutes to unpack it together. Hey, Deanna, come and close us out, would you?